Hello and welcome to D23 Inside Disney, the show that gives you a look at the latest Disney news and a peek at the people who make the magic at the Walt Disney Company. I'm D23's Jeffrey Epstein. I'm Candace from Radio Disney. I'm Sherry from Oh My Disney. And we're your hosts who will take you Inside Disney. Best time of the week. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> uh, feels like just yesterday that we uh, talked to each other. I gotta say, That's though, I feel like we thing. start every show like that, but every time I hear you guys, it makes me so happy. I know, we do. I, know, we do. I hope you can all hear my smile. Yay. I'm hugging you guys through the podcast. Well, what have you guys been up to this week? I've been watching a bunch of the ABC game shows, so holy moly, which yes. I was like, holy bananas, like that show is crazy. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> I talk about this on Radio Disney every week. I'm just like, you guys got to get in on this show. It is crazy, crazy. Yeah. And I also caught up on Don't, which hosted by Adam Scott, which produced by Ryan Reynolds, who does these voiceovers. Have you guys seen it yet? Not yet. So do, do see the show. It is very (laughs) funny. And the voiceovers that Ryan Reynolds does are hilarious. That alone kept me. And then the show is just, it is crazy and great. Cool. The other thing I did that took up the bigger chunk of my weekend was I binged all of Love, Victor on Hulu. Nice. I was a big fan of Love, Simon. And the Walt Disney Archives actually just did a, a story about how they've archived items from the film Love, Simon, and they did that time for both Pride as well as for the release of Love, Victor. And Love, Victor was just everything I wanted it to be and more. Ana Ortiz is awesome. I've loved her since Ugly Betty. The kids are just all terrific on the show. There were many, many tears shed, so I, I definitely give it a thumbs up. I love that. Speaking of Love, Victor, by the way, guys, they're going to be appearing this weekend on the L.A. Pride 50th anniversary celebration on ABC7. So if you're local to L.A., you can watch it on ABC7 or stream it at abc7.com. I'm actually going to appear as well. So watch out for me. Disney Channel's Raven Simone. She's going to be one of the hosts. Cool. So y'all check it out Saturday, June 27th at 8 p.m. Pacific. I love it. You're all over the place. Last time we talked, your One Day at Disney (laughs) episode hadn't aired yet. And oh my gosh, guys. So Candace knows this. I was live texting (laughs) Candace as I was watching. (laughs) It was probably kind of annoying, but I I love your enthusiasm. So excited to see you. You're incredible. It's so fun. You you were terrific. And I love that that, that's like one of the fringe benefits of knowing like you guys, like we can like, like, or even like Yvette Nicole Brown, because she's been on our show like 500 times now. (laughs) I'll be like, when I was watching the big fib, Dylan had questions. And so I was just texting Yvette the questions. Where else would we get to do this? So it's the same thing. It's like, oh yeah, Candace, you were so great. That moment with Enzo. (laughs) Seriously. One thing I texted oh. Candace is like, thank you for putting me two degrees away from some of my favorite people, like Ariana Grande. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so excited. No problem. Uh, no problem. Yes. <laughs> Thanks, guys. And Sherry, what have you been up to? Well, breaking news, I just found out that my fiance has never seen Mulan. And what? the wedding is off. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're back on track. We've got to watch it. It's on Disney Plus, so that is on the docket for this week. I just can't believe I'm sure it. he's oh racing God. to Disney Plus as we speak. It's like, oh, <gasps> oh. Know. he knows all the words to I'll, "I'll make a man out of you." Thanks to me, uh-huh. but you've got to hear like you know the real version. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. Speaking of Disney animation, coming up on the show, our pal Amy Astley, who's VP of Communications and Publicity for Walt Disney Animation Studios, is going to be on because she is also an executive producer on Into the Unknown, making Frozen 2. So that comes out this weekend on Disney Plus. So we're going to get to talk to her all about that. Right. And first up, huge, huge, huge news. Not one Disney theme park opening, but two. We have announced Disneyland Paris will begin its phased opening on July 15th. And Tokyo Disney Resort will reopen its theme parks on July 1st. And with that, all six resort theme parks have announced planned openings, which fills my heart, fills my Disney geek heart with joy. Feels good to hear you say that. It really does. Well, I've got even more great parks news. Yeah. I am thrilled to report that Epcot International Food and Wine Festival is returning on July 15th. Yay! Yay! And better yet, it continues until the fall. So that makes it the longest, the yummiest festival yet. There'll be more than 20 marketplaces where you can get your grub on, like Hawaii. Hops and Barley, and Islands of the Caribbean. Oh, my stomach is grumbling mm. just thinking mm-hmm. about all of oh, Kahlua pork. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and then on top of that, it's like this was catered for me. Remy's Ratatouille Hide and Squeak Scavenger Hunt will also return. And Aww. guests can see the Remy Topiary in the France Pavilion. Uh, oh, that's good. Which, yeah. Yeah, we got to see that when we were there in March. Oh, so super yes. fun. Very fun. Oh, great news. Other great news. We are all on July 3rd going to be in the room where it happens when the room where it (laughs) happens will be our respective homes as Hamilton (laughs) makes its debut on Disney Plus. Woohoo! So excited. They just released the trailer for the Tony and Pulitzer Prize award winning musical. And I was on the edge of my seat watching it. I've had the pleasure of seeing the show in person. And I was like those 60 seconds. I was right back there in the theater. I cannot wait to watch it on Disney plus. So I feel like this is one of the days of the year where we know what everybody's doing. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. (laughs) That's so true. I never got to see it. I've heard some of the songs. So this will be like a very fresh experience for me. I'm so excited. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we also just got a new trailer and a new poster for The Kingsman. So this is the Kingsman prequel. It stars Rafe Fiennes, Love, Jimon Hansu, yes, Gemma Arterton, (laughs) wow, Stanley Tucci, my fave, and Aaron Taylor Johnson, woohoo. So in this action spy film, we get to discover the origins of the super sleek, super cool intelligence agency, known as Kingsman, as they try to thwart the world's worst tyrants and criminal masterminds. I am so excited. I love the first two movies, so very, very excited to see the prequel. Yes. Oh, forgot to mention, it is set to hit theaters on September 18th, so counting down the days. Yay. Sweet. Well, coming a little bit sooner than that, Friday, July 24th, our ABC News correspondent, Bob Woodruff, hits the road with his son, Mac, on a new original series called Rogue Trip. So Bob, as I'm sure many of you have seen, he has gone through some of the most intense news stories of the past many, many years. And so this was 
an opportunity for him to have a second chance to really get to connect with his son, Mac. And they find themselves in all sorts of unexpected places, hiking, rappelling down waterfalls, diving, parasailing, and more. And they, they hit Colombia, Papua New Guinea, Ethiopia, Pakistan, Lebanon, the Ukraine. So really, wow. really excited to see this because it sounds like it's this great hybrid of a, a fantastic Nat Geo show with a real heartfelt journey. So I'm excited for that. And then also a little bit of Disney Plus news. Secret Society of Secondborn Royals, which we just had mentioned, is actually shifting its premiere date to September 25th. So please update your Outlook calendars accordingly. <laughs> On it. Will do. Got it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Wow, guys. There are so many fantastic things to watch soon, and we haven't even gotten to five fantastic things to That's watch. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have another fantastic thing to watch coming up. It is an all-new comedy series. It's called United We Fall. And it's set to premiere on Wednesday, July 15th on ABC with back-to-back episodes. Nice. So in this show, Will Sasso and Christina Vidal Mitchell star as a couple just, you know, doing their best at parenting. But their large mm-hmm. and overzealous extended family is definitely not making it any easier on them. Sounds like there's a judgmental live-in mother. So I'm excited to see oh boy. that situation play out. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds hilarious. I love that Guillermo Diaz is on it because he's certainly known for playing Huck, like this crazy, crazy, intense character on Scandal. And so now seeing him exercise his comedic chops, I'm really looking forward to that, probably unless he still is a vaguely sociopathic, (laughs) torture-loving character thrown into a wacky family comedy. We'll see. I mean, it sounds like this family is huge, so there's room for everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. All right. We have some Disney Channel news, of course. We have a premiere date for the new Disney Channel original movie, Upside Down Magic. So you'll be able to check it out July 31st at 8 p.m. So this one is based on the New York Times bestselling children's book by the same name, Upside Down Magic, which tells the story of two best friends. Reina and Nori and their journey at the Sage Academy for Magical Studies. So mm-hmm. Reina's ability to harness the power of fire lands her at the top of her class, while Nori's kind of wonky magic lands her in a class for those with upside down magic, which the staff there sees as dangerous. So it's basically up to Nori to prove that upside down magic beats right side up. Hmm. Again, upside down magic, it's going to air July 31st at eight o'clock Eastern on Disney Channel. And it's also going to be available on Disney Now starting Saturday, August 1st. Fun. I love these magical movies. I apparently can't stop mentioning my niece Dylan but uh, as soon as I saw the trailer I I forwarded it to her (laughs) and she is so excited to watch it she loved Onward and Artemis Fowl she loves all the the magic so Uh very excited oh well hopefully she also loves Amphibia because we have more good news from Disney Channel the animated comedy Amphibia just got picked up for a third season which is such a big deal for everyone. So congrats. Before we have that, obviously, we've got to kick off season two, which is going to premiere Saturday, July 11th. If you guys haven't seen Amphibia, uh, the star of the show is Brenda Song, of course, longtime Disney Channel star. She voices the lead character, Anne, who's magically transported to the fantastical world of Amphibia, of course, a land full of frog people. You'll also hear Disney legend and former guest of the show, Bill Farmer, as he's a co-star on the show, too. And by the way, 
Kermit the Frog is a guest star in season two, which makes me very excited. <laughs> so, I mean, what perfect, you know, co-star on Amphibia than a frog. But again, it's going to kick off Saturday, July 11th at 8.20 p.m. Eastern on Disney Channel and Disney Now. And this is all part of Disney Channel's new animation block on Saturday nights with Big City Greens and The Owl House. Well, coming a little bit sooner than July 11th, we have five fantastic things to watch this weekend. Yay! Yay! Courtesy of our friends at D23. For complete details, visit D23.com. I look forward to that every week. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. My TV game show host voiceover. You should do a whole show like that and see how... (laughs) I think that would be very annoying for you. The fine print guy. Yeah, I'll just read it all up in post. <laughs> so first up, Friday night Poseathon. So I am a big fan of Pose, and I've known uh, Billy Porter on the show for many, many, many years. He and MJ Rodriguez, along with the cast and producers of Pose, are coming together for a one-hour virtual event in partnership with Glisten, the Hedrick Martin Institute, and the Transgender Legal Defense and Education Fund. It's going to be a great, great show on FX, commercial-free, and simulcast on Freeform Friday night. That's awesome. Also on Freeform, on Saturday and Sunday, National Treasure is coming. You've got Nicolas Cage. You're a national treasure, Sherry. Oh, that's so (laughs) sweet. Well, I'm not nearly as much of a national treasure as Nicolas Cage. We've got him, Secret Messages, Hidden Treasures. I mean, what's not to love? I'm in. I can't think of anything. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We get a new episode of Bunked on Disney Channel Sunday, June 28th. I never went to summer camp, so I love watching this show. But this weekend, Lou asks the campers to fill out counselor evaluations, which is going to get very interesting. So be sure you guys check that one out. Also on ABC, Sunday, June 28th, we have a new episode of one of my all-time favorite game shows, Pressure look. They're going to have their first ever special 4th of July episode. So hopefully the whammies are going to involve like some fireworks and things coming up. But there you go. Big money, no whammies. Love it. (laughs) Uh, Got some wicked awesome news because on June 28th, it's the season premiere of Wicked Tuna Out of Banks. Actually, Outer Banks would not have a Boston accent, but Wicked Tuna does. (laughs) So Wicked Tuna Outer Banks has its season premiere on National Geographic on June 28th, and it is going to be wicked awesome. <laughs> I want to hear more of that Boston accent. That was, Yeah, wow. Jeffrey, you're pulling out all the voices today. I'm from Boston. If you guys ever heard my parents speak, you'd be like, oh, oh, how, how did you escape that? Can we have fine print guy from Boston accent? <laughs> Ooh, yeah. I love this. Exactly what the world never asked for. So today I am so happy to have someone who's been a very close friend for more than a decade. (laughs) She is currently the Vice President of Communications and Publicity for Walt Disney Animation Studios and is an executive producer on Zenimation and the fantastic docuseries Into the Unknown, Making Frozen 2, which is about to debut on Disney+. She also has had a wild ride at Disney to rival (laughs) Mr. Toad. Please welcome Amy Astley. Thank you so much. So glad to be here. And hello, Jeffrey, Sherry, Candice. You guys are all awesome. Hello. Well, as Jeffrey mentioned, you've had a pretty remarkable ride at Disney for more than 20 years. Can you tell us about your journey? Well, this is what I love about this podcast and D23 in general is it's fans getting to be with fans and talking about their fandom. So I'm going to go there and give you my (laughs) my full Disney love story, which is 
uh, I, I grew up in Indiana and I was lucky enough to be able to go to Disney World with my family as a kid. And I was about seven or eight. We were walking into Epcot and my mom turned to me and said, remember that a group of people have imagined this together and then built it. And the idea of people getting together and creating this amazing thing in front of my eyes just blew my mind. And it was from that point on that I just fell in love with Disney. I read every book I could about Walt. I read every book I could about Disney animation. I turned every school project into a project about Disney. I dressed up as Karen the Mouseketeer for Indiana History Day. Um, and I just absolutely fell in love with what this company is about. So much so that when I went to college, um, I would teach the Disney classes within the animation course. And I worked part-time in a Disney store. And I, I just loved what this company was about, um, the magic of storytelling. So as soon as I could, I moved to Burbank and hoped to get a job uh, at the Walt Disney Studios and was lucky enough. Uh, to, my first job 21 years ago was semi-senior secretary. That was my title. <laughs> I know. At Touchstone Television. And about a year into that, a couple of wonderful women, Evelyn and Charissa, um, both of whom are still at the company, called and said, we think you might be great at publicity. Would you be interested? And that started a long career in TV. I was lucky enough to work in the international side with J.J. Abrams and his shows like Alias and Lost. Okay. And, Never heard of uh, them. I know. <laughs> yeah, small let, little indie project. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> let me tell you, being in your 20s and having to go to Hawaii for covering the show Lost was such a burden. I tell you, it was just terrible. <laughs> No, it was just an incredible experience. And then I, I spent a few years at ABC working with Shonda Rhimes and her shows like Grey's Anatomy, Private Practice Scandal, the uh, Academy Awards, Dancing with the Stars. was just really blessed. And it was eight years ago that I uh, moved to Disney Animation, which was the place that really fueled my Disney dreams to begin with, loving their movies, obsessing over their movies. And to be there for the last eight years has truly been a dream come true. Wow. Well, we've had a chance to preview some of the episodes, but what would you say is the reason Disney fans are going to love Into the Unknown? Well, Into the Unknown making Frozen 2, I truly think is the, the most in-depth behind the scenes look we've ever given behind the closed doors at Walt Disney Animation Studios. We have shown through publicity, through pieces you can see on DVD bonus materials, sort of what it's like there. But to spend an entire year, the last year of production on Frozen 2, with cameras there every day, sometimes recording tough moments, to be honest with you, um, sometimes recording moments where they had an epiphany and a, and a creative breakthrough on a scene was really something we have never allowed. And I was just so honored that Jennifer Lee, our chief creative officer, who's also the writer and director of Frozen 2, Chris Buck, director of Frozen 2, Peter Delveco, producer, were so willing in this year that must have been one of the most pressure-filled years of their lives to allow us to capture that. And that could have only increased the pressure on them. So um, <laughs> the, the grace and the openness with which they and all the artists and technologists at Disney Animation let us in was so incredible. And I think what people will see is creativity is hard. And making these films is a journey. And it takes everybody. I truly believe animation is the most collaborative art form in the world. And you really see that in this show. Hmm. 
I definitely agree. I loved all those conference calls back and forth and you know, it was amazing. And everyone, you know, everyone really contributed like the whole success of um, really cracking show yourself, which was really cool. So I hope I can't wait for everyone to see that. Yeah. And show yourself is sort of a thread throughout the six part series. They really had to wrestle with that song. Bobby and Kristen Lopez are incredible songwriters in partnership with Jennifer and Chris. That's how they've always created the songs for both Frozen and Frozen 2. And sometimes the song comes to you just like that, like Let It Go, where it was such a brilliant song that the team worked together to reconstruct the film <laughs> because it was so incredible. And then there's a song like Show Yourself that I think is, is amazing and I find tear-inducing, to be honest with you. But it, sometimes it doesn't find its place in the movie right away and you got to fight for that. And mm. I think it turned out beautiful in the end. Well... Speaking of the evolution on the show, they, they say there was more pressure on Frozen 2 than on any other Disney animated movie ever. So that did not put any pressure on you at all. <laughs> well, we have an incredible publicity team at Disney Animation, and we partner with amazing people at Walt Disney Studios. Jeffrey is one of them hmm. uh, that we partner with at the company. And there is pressure on an army of people who make sure that people know this film is coming out and why they should see it. So from a publicity perspective, of course, there was a ton of pressure on the whole team for Frozen 2, but we were a team tackling that pressure together. The pressure of making this show, again, Jennifer is my boss. <laughs> so you want to make sure that you're giving her the space to do the creating she needs, the safe space that we have at Disney Animation to be creative. And yet we have cameras in the room. So Peter, our producer of Frozen and Frozen 2, was so incredible. He would sometimes say in the morning, this is not a good day for cameras. They should not be in there. Okay, come on in. Wow. <laughs> and so it, we really were able to be there for some moments that, to be honest with you, when we set out to do the film, I didn't know how much they would let us in in those tough times because every film has those tough times. And they were so gracious. Wow. Well, speaking of tough times, they talk a lot in the first two episodes about basically tearing up a lot of the movie and putting it back together a year from release, which like super stresses me out, <laughs> the idea of that. <laughs> what is that like? Well, and that's one thing I'd love for the viewers of Into the Unknown to know is you, you might watch the show and go, oh my gosh, Frozen 2 really was under insane amount of pressure. And the truth is all of our films have that same pressure and same sort of production pipeline where they will remake the film internally at the studio with storyboards, with revisions to the script over and over and over again, sometimes six to eight times per film. Wow. And so that will be screened internally for all of us at Disney Animation. There are no mandatory notes and all notes are welcome. And it really is the job of all of the directors, the story trust at the studio to look at one another's films and give notes to make those films better. And you do see one of those story trust meetings right off the bat in episode one we never let cameras into the story trust meeting. So again, this is something that we haven't shown before. Wow. That's so cool. What was it like working as an executive producer on a documentary series about a film, which you're doing publicity for? Was that like two different personalities <laughs> or do they actually go together? <laughs> in a way they were very different in the way they were the same. <laughs> the way they were the same is I feel like publicity's job, but particularly publicity at Disney animation our job is to tell the story behind the story. Do our audiences know that real people, artists, technologists, filmmakers make these movies, that it's not a computer making it, that it is an incredible team of people. So we try and show that 
in publicity through having our artists do interviews and take our filmmakers around the world. So the chance to do that in this docu-series, that's very much like what we do in PR. And then what was different about it is sometimes we can be, as publicists, of course, very protective of our films, very protective of our filmmakers. And we were definitely that in the docu-series too. But again, you have to show some of the things maybe you haven't shown before uh, about the tough process of creativity. Hmm. So what are three things we did not know about Frozen? Either the first or second movies. <laughs> well, I feel like people have done a really good job at finding our Easter eggs. You know, uh, Rapunzel and Frozen 1. And I mean, people have really found our Easter eggs. So I'll just sort of point out a couple things. One is Frozen 2, Walt Disney Animation Studios is 97 years old this year. So am I. <laughs> <laughs> We've made 58 films. And wow. this is our first musical sequel. Wow. So if you think about it, we have had sequels to our movies. There's Mulan 2. There's, you know, there's many examples of this, but they were always done by sort of sister divisions at the company. Frozen 2 is truly the first one Walt Disney Animation Studios has done. And yes, I've seen you on Twitter out there arguing for Fantasia 2000. I would not consider it a musical. (laughs) I would consider it a beautiful film with music. Um, Agreed. Agreed. But yeah, so that is something. Two, Eduna who is Elsa and Anna's mother, mm-hmm. is played by Evan Rachel Wood in Frozen 2. But Iduna, who has a line in Frozen 1, is not played by Evan Rachel Wood there. And in fact, Jennifer and Chris just felt that the actress who played Iduna in the first movie just could not cut it, and so they fired her for Frozen 2. And that mm-hmm. actress was Jennifer Lee. <laughs> wow. <laughs> And then last, I just want to give a shout out to our technology team because they don't get enough love sometimes. And I think what they've done on Frozen and Frozen 2 is amazing. The snow looking as realistic in it as it did in the first Frozen, that was something called Matterhorn that was created in-house at Disney Animation. When you see Gale in Frozen 2 and that incredible wind swirl, that is a new technology they created at Disney Animation called Swoop that lets the animators direct that wind. It's a very cool thing. And just even hair. When you look at the hair in CG movies, it's improved so much over the years. And there's a program called Tonic, funny enough, that Disney <laughs> Animation created that's really made the hair in Moana and Frozen 2 just so incredible looking. Mm. Wow. So those are three. We could go on and on. I love Tonic, Swoop, and Matterhorn. <laughs> <laughs> Real life Tonic. <laughs> I know I could use some of that. You could eat it. it. I definitely have quarantine hair. I can tell you that. Same. You're not alone. (laughs) Well, you've worked on a lot of movies now at Walt Disney Animation Studios, but if you had to pick just one that meant the most to you, which one would you pick? Well, my first film there was Wreck-It Ralph, so that will always hold a special Mm. place. I'm super proud of the Frozen movies. I love Moana and the deep cultural work we did on that movie. I'm very proud of how that film was made. Zootopia is about bias and stereotype, and I think that film is so incredibly important and funny at the same time. But I have to say, Big Hero 6 is really a personal favorite because my wife, at the time that movie came out, was dealing with some hard times. Her mom was uh, dying of cancer. And Big Hero 6 is a movie about grief and is about how you come through it. And what always amazes me is these films that sometimes people can kind of chalk up to be cartoons really have deep, meaningful stories that resonate with people of all ages. When you see a film, you know, strike someone you love so much so deeply, 
it really just confirms that you're in a special place and you're getting to work with really special people. Hmm. Love that. Well, you also spent some time working at ABC on some of their biggest shows. So do you have any like really surreal stories you could tell us? (laughs) Well, some I can't tell. Jeffrey Jeffrey won't let me as a fellow publicist, but I will say um, working on Grey's Anatomy when that show was just like starting to catch on fire, it still is on fire, but starting to catch on fire was such a uh, an honor. Um, and we even hosted Oprah and her entire show live on the set of Grey's Anatomy once. So the wow. operation of seeing Grey's Anatomy and Oprah sort of wed together for an hour of television was amazing. Working on Dancing with the Stars, we worked with so many different interesting people. <laughs> and being from Indianapolis and going home for the 500 every year, working with Elio Castroneves, who won season five of Dancing with the Stars, was really the first time my dad understood what publicity was and what I did for a living. <laughs> Giving uh, my dad the opportunity to meet Elio and meet one of his sort of IndyCar favorites was was a real treat. Wow. I, love it. I don't know if that was surreal so much as cheesy, uh, but it, that's how I feel. It's, it, I really do feel these moments, particularly when you look back on them, you just count yourself lucky. Hmm. Aww. Well, you also mentioned that you worked at Disney Store. Do you still have a favorite collectible you got while working there? Yes, I was a proud part-time cast member from, I want to say it was 94 to 98. And Mm. uh, (laughs) (laughs) here's what I wish I had. I wish I had the costume we had to wear. Because, guys, my love for Disney is so real that I worked at Disney Store when it was the gray polyester skirt with the blue varsity cardigan and pantyhose and tennis shoes. That that is dedication and love for Disney people when you are wearing that. I'm Googling this now. (laughs) By the way, it's hard to find. I have looked. Uh, That was your test of how much you love Disney was, would you wear that costume walking out of your dorm room? (laughs) (laughs) All I have left is my Pocahontas mug. I looked around the house and I was like, I think all I have is my, because I bought, I used to buy like the Walt Disney Classics collection for my mom. But, and that was a lot of money for a a kid working part-time in college. So, yes. So uh, Amy, together, we are executive advisors for our internal group, Disney Pride. And since it's Pride Month and I just got my Rainbow Disney collection items, can you talk a little bit about why it's important for you to be a part of the group? Well, first of all, I just want to take this opportunity to say how amazing Jeffrey is as an executive advisor for Disney Pride. Oh, he's an incredibly busy person, and he is really dedicated to making sure he is present for this wonderful team of Pride leaders and for the Pride group. So I just want to take that opportunity to say that. Uh, well, um, right back at you, because during Frozen 2, you still made time, and I don't know how, <laughs> and making your documentary, so, so back at you. <laughs> Well, I love this about our company that Disney invites us to be our whole selves at work and encourages it. Pride is about education. We say that we educate, advocate, celebrate. And I think particularly now more than ever, the idea of celebrating all people, advocating for ourselves and for others, and educating ourselves uh, where we're learning to be our best partners with our fellow business employee resource groups. And there are some incredible ones. It's just really important right now. I think what the pride group does in having people understand that this is a company that wants people to celebrate who they are is a very special thing. All right, Amy, we're going to go down the list of Disney favorites. So hopefully these aren't too hard, (laughs) but we're going to start with your favorite animated movie that you didn't work on. 
Uh, Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Sleeping Beauty, Lady and the Tramp. Sorry, so smart. Sorry, I can't pick. That's one movie. I can't pick. But Little Mermaid was the one I used to sing at like slumber parties with my friends and be like, I want to be where the people are. I love it. So yeah, so maybe Little Mermaid, but it's tough to choose. Okay. Favorite live action Disney movie? Oh, man. Okay, I'm going to pick a weird one, but I just watched it on Disney Plus a few weeks ago. And I just think it's magic. There's a movie called The Straight Story that, funny enough, David Lynch directed for Disney. Oh, yeah. And it is an incredibly beautiful film. And it just it jumps to the forefront of my mind because I just watched it on Disney+. Plus, and it was a film I hadn't seen since it was in theaters. And it was just um, emotional and powerful. Is that the, about the guy who drives the tractor across the country? That's exactly right. Okay. Yeah, Woo. it's this little, it's a simple truce based on a true story by David Lynch. And it's fantastic. Hmm. Well, speaking of David Lynch, who did a, did a show for ABC, <laughs> favorite ABC show you worked on? Oh, no, you can't do that to me. Done. <laughs> the last show I launched at ABC in partnership with my fellow marketing and PR folks, of course, was Scandal. Hmm. And I loved that cast and how they advocated for each other. I thought Carrie Washington was one of the most incredible leads I ever worked with. Just a, like a really kind, wonderful force. And the show itself was so brilliant. So I would say, I mean, don't make me choose. That's mean. <laughs> were, You're a were... gladiator. <laughs> we all knew it. Well, yeah, you know, it's about kind of what we do, Jeffrey, mm. but a little, thankfully we have a lot less. Um... Scandal. Oh, yes, exactly. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, something we're all dreaming about right now. Disney Parks attraction. What's your favorite? Okay, this is another one where you can't make me choose, but I will pick three. (laughs) Okay. And Jeffrey, don't don't get mad at me that one of them is no longer there. So, All good. (laughs) All right. So I love the great movie ride. Oh, yeah. I love it. And I think it did help fuel my love of movies. So I'm super appreciative to that attraction. I love Spaceship Earth. I love it. And I think from what they are talking about with the new plans, it sounds super exciting. And I am a big sucker for the American adventure. Yes. I learned more about American history from the American adventure than I did from my American history class. (laughs) (laughs) That is saying something about your class, but it also says something about American adventure. You're totally right. There's something about setting the stage with the voices of Liberty and then going up there and, you know, that, that film and the songs particularly just get me. So, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Favorite Disney character? I really like Baymax. He's guileless and sweet, and he just wants the best for people around him. And yeah. I love that. Favorite Disney Parks snack? (laughs) (laughs) Am I allowed to say a glass of wine at Napa Rose? Is that appropriate? Okay. (laughs) You know, you've had a long, great day in the park, and you go there and very often you may even recognize the cast members who are working there because they're so committed and have been there for so long and it's special. Oh, I to- totally agree. I think we could all use a glass of wine at Napa Rose. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. I'll see you there, Jeffrey. Also, uh, and Candace and Sherry, let's all go. Let's do it. Well, you've listened before, so you know this one is coming because we wrap up all of our shows with it. But Amy, what is your favorite Disney memory? And I know you ask that and that question I was <laughs> not thinking about because there really are so many. I think 
when I got my picture taken for my first official ID mm. and just knowing that I had finally been invited to walk on that lot to become a semi-senior secretary and know that I was finally going to have a chance to work there. I still have that ID and I look, I look a little older uh, than I did Nonsense. at that time. Nonsense. <laughs> but the smile on my face is unmistakable. And it also happened to be my dad's birthday. And Aww. it just, it just felt like I had finally given my dad a gift for his birthday that he'd really appreciate, which was gainful employment. <laughs> um, <laughs> No, truly, it was a very special day to know I could walk on that lot and had a card that I could show a security guard and they wouldn't uh, ask me twice. (laughs) Oh, I love that. Thank you so much for joining us. Congratulations on the show. I cannot wait for everyone to see what we've already gotten a chance to see. Oh, thank you so much. And again, I just want to say thank you to my partners at ABC News at Lincoln Square who made this documentary. Our director, Megan Harding, absolutely incredible. And thanks again to everyone at Disney Animation, but particularly Jennifer, Chris, and Peter for letting this series happen. Awesome. Oh, guys, I can't wait to see more of Into the Unknown. Mm -hmm. Me too. So good. Well, thanks again for listening to D23 Inside Disney. Don't forget to like and share this episode wherever you listen or subscribe. And if you want to chat with us, as always, hashtag D23 Inside Disney. And for all the latest Disney news, check out D23.com. We'll be back next week with more Disney news and a fantastic guest on an all-new episode of D23 Inside Inside Disney. Disney.